Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg with you, along with Stephanie Burke, science advisor Matt Moniz, and we have a new friend in the studio tonight. We have Lauren here as well. Hello, Lauren. Hi. How are you? We are spectacular. That's what we say here. And that's copyrighted, so don't take it anywhere else. So welcome to the madness that is Spooky South Coast. It's not that bad. She doesn't know what she's getting into. (laughs) Well, she's known me for, I don't know, 15 years, so... I'm already pretty weird. You're chewing gum? I'm not chewing gum. Okay. I'm trying to get the French fry out of the side of my mouth. Is that okay? Okay. I bought her Burger King. (laughs) Well, that's fine. A fry doesn't last. Gum, I'd have to be like, come on. You're more professional than that. I don't have gum. I'm just trying to make it so that way you can hear me better. No, you know what it is. No, you know know what it is now. This is what it is. Is She stars in one television commercial. And now all of a sudden she's too big time for the radio. You're a jerk. She's like, I'm making the transition to television. Screw you radio guys. I'm out of here. I'm going to dump Tim for Aaron. (laughs) But no, I mean, just for those who haven't seen it yet, I posted it up and Aaron posted it up and you posted it up. And I I thought it came out great. I know that you were a little critical of yourself. Of course I am. But I thought that it came out great. And it it does a great job of, of... Letting people know how much, A, how much more there is in the DVD right. that they might not realize, and, and two, how they can be able to download it at a discounted rate. The only thing is, is he's sharing it. Are those codes active right now? I don't know if they're active right now. They might be. I thought about that. But I do I have either. to say, it is an amazing documentary. I'm a big fan of the director, but I am also a big fan of those weird guys that are in it, too. Right, like... Uh, like, um, like Tim Weisberg, have you heard of him? No, I was thinking more like uh, Joseph D'Andrade. No, I was going more of like you know, a, Andrew Lake, Andrew, Andrew Lake, yeah. Tim Weisberg. Nah, you know. I do. I do have one of the uh, one of the more memorable lines, but nothing beats the whole thing getting wrapped up by Lauren Coleman that he doesn't believe in the Bridgewater Triangle. He accepts it. I liked that. Yeah, I really that's, did. That's it classic. was very well put together. But anybody that hasn't seen it out there, you guys have to go watch it. BridgewaterTriangle.com. I hope so because that's what he put on the trailer. Right. So and I had commercial. to repeat it over and over again, but it is amazing. I need to buy this. Yes, you do. It's really good. And, and you don't. You can either buy the DVD or the Blu-ray, or you can download it. You can watch it from your computer. You can stream it. Yep. So many ways to see it, and you know, uh, there's and there's different um, streaming services and applications where you can get it too, like Vimeo, and and uh, I know that they had it on the um, Ultraflix. Ultraflix. Or- for you know, the 4K televisions, 4K. they're they're on yeah. sale now. I noticed, like in the Best Buy flyers and everything, they're they're lowering the prices on those. So people are getting those 4K t- televisions, and they're saying, "Well, what can I watch that's in 4K? Because nobody's broadcasting in it yet. Right. So what can you watch in 4K? You can't even get a 4K DVD or a Blu-ray, as far as I, as far as I know. So you need to hook up your internet to it and use Ultraflix and watch the Bridgewater Triangle and and see it in all of its beautiful glory. It's super fancy. It is. I think that, you know, for promoting that, they should give us a free 4K TV each. I like that. What were you promoting earlier on on the morning show? I was promoting a bunch of different stuff, and I was like, oh, we were talking about the casino. The Plain Ridge Park Casino. And like, you know, we sound like we're shilling for the casino, but they didn't buy any advertising time, so. (laughs) So we should probably work on that. Yeah, well, at the very least, when we go over there, we should get, like, free food vouchers or something. (laughs) I like it. That's what we're in this for. We're not in this for, for spreading the information we about the paranormal. Really like we food. just want to see if we can get free food out of we the deal. We keep talking about food. We need to work on this. Yeah, eventually. Uh, I think eventually we'll uh, we'll get some food in here. It's only been 10 years that we've been saying only. we're going to get food and we still have Well, it. I mean, I come with food, but it 
It was I, paid for. I pocket. earned a free Papa John's pizza from buying all those pizzas at Ventford Hall a couple you weeks did. ago. You did. That's right. So How did we we'll get some in. free Subway? <laughs> I don't know, man. I've been shelling out two bucks at Coke for weeks. Yep. But uh, anyway, we're here to talk about the paranormal, kind of, as we are each and every Saturday night. And tonight we're going to go in a different direction than what was originally planned, because our original guest was going to be Danny Roberge, also known as Danny Bigbeard. And for anybody who doesn't know, he's the creator of the Echo Box app. So what that is, is that's a spirit communication tool that you can download onto your smartphone, onto your tablet, and you can utilize that through its recorded sound banks uh, to communicate with spirits. Now, in theory, it sounds goofy, like any ghost box or any type of ITC that we talk about. It it sounds like, gee, how is that going to work? But in practice and in theory, I've, I've had it work for me. And I've seen and heard some of the other clips that people have had, and it's phenomenal stuff. So he was going to join us to give us kind of an update on that work, and he made the announcement this week that he might actually be working on some hardware now with some other developers. So there was a lot going on in that regard. Without talking too much about what happened, because I don't want right. to ruin anything that might be coming his way in a potential legal matter, but uh, there was an incident that happened this week where he got into an altercation with a restaurant owner and ended up being hospitalized. And so he was home, he was on the road to recovery, and and I, we still had plans of having him on the show, and some things happened today where, you know, he wasn't feeling quite up to it, so we'll have him on in the future. Sounds good. So, uh, you know, good thoughts and positive vibes go out his way, but uh, we'll certainly revisit that topic coming forward. And, and, and I will point out, too, that it was originally supposed to be, the idea was that it was originally supposed to be a two-way discussion with Danny and with Steve Huff, uh, <laughs> Steve Huff being the developer of you know, physical devices. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's some animosity between the two, if I'm going to put it lightly. You don't lightly. say. And so <laughs> I wanted to have the both of them come on and discuss it. And my invitation to Steve Huff... Uh, to join us through a Facebook message ended up in me being blocked from his Facebook. So that's okay. You know, I guess I guess that's the way that it works when you're trying to have a mature discussion with people that don't agree with you necessarily. That you just block them, and that's how you foster discussion. But whatever, I'm not going to get into all that stuff. No, because it's just going to get fired up. And I try to be drama free, relatively. We That's are pretty drama-free on uh, Spooky South Coast here. Yeah, on the show. And we like to see... Our private conversation is way different. Nobody needs to know about that, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that, but that's part of the issue that I had with it is that, you know, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, you're either with us or against us. It And, and we've never used this show in that manner. No. We've never used that show to be either for someone or against someone. We always have an open discussion whether or not our personal beliefs match or are completely against what people talk about on the show. We give everybody an open and honest chance to talk about who they are, what they believe. So I think it would have been a good outlet, even if we don't believe in what somebody says. So, Moniz, you were here for it. I mean, it was a long time ago. But, you know, we've we've tried to mend more fences yes. than we've tried to build them over the years. Very true. And the one show that I always go back to was uh, a few years ago, there was that big issue where there, there were the developers of a game that were developing a game based on King Philip's War. One of those strategy games like, um, what am I thinking, a Warhammer, okay. like those type of games. And so they were creating this game based on King Philip's War, and the Native Americans in the area were very upset because they felt like it was disrespectful to make a game out of this conflict that took so many of the lives of their people. Oh, yeah, I remember that. It, 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 
was one of those things where, you know, it was a little blip on the news radar, but for us it was a big deal because we talk about King Philip's War so much in connection with the paranormal in the area. Well, we brought on the developer of the game, and we brought on the leader of the Native American opposition. She was a professor at uh, URI, I believe, and they were, you know, dichotomy opposed, dichotomy opposed, dichotomy <laughs> opposed to one another. And we had them come on the show and each defend their own viewpoints. By the end of the show, they were working together. And they had brought on that professor as a consultant in the creation of the game, and the, they were going to share the designs with it. And, and, like, I just stood back and said, well, this is what this show can do. We created detente. And that's what I wanted to be able to do in this regard as well. But you can't always do that. Right. I mean, how many times have you had other people try and do the same thing? It's it's human nature. When I see conflict in the paranormal community, when I see conflict in that world, I say, well, why don't you come on and use this format as a way to bridge that gap? I mean, we try to be fair and balanced, and we let everybody have their say. So in doing so, we hope that we can help keep that discussion going between the two of you and get to the root of the problem and get to the root of the issue. But all parties have to be agreeable to do that, and not all parties were, so... Whatever. We made the offer. We put the chance out there. You can't please everyone. The problem is, is you get to uh, certain people in this community, because I'm not going to call it a field anymore, and certain people in this community get into a mindset of when they have achieved a certain level of popularity that makes them have a certain level of, I feel that I'm right. Yep, that makes sense. And that's not necessarily the case because nobody's really right. We're all kind of just walking around in the dark, taking our best guess. We're not going to know until we get there. That's what I tell everybody. Well, why don't we take a break? When we come back on the other side, we can talk more about this and some other things coming up at the bottom of the hour. And throughout the rest of the show, we'll be joined by the women of Girls of the Dark, a a paranormal group that is an all-girl group that does paranormal investigations in the Indiana area. They're actually on an investigation tonight, uh, but they're going to take some time out to join us to talk about the role of women in the paranormal, and this is something that I want to discuss. I'm glad that we have Lauren here tonight. Thank you. <laughs> because she is a woman. Yes. Lauren. And Moniz and I are not. No. So we have a little bit more balance here. Are you sure about that, though? In the discussion. <laughs> so Moniz, disrobe, prove it. Uh, Moniz, I think like your the, hair is longer I would look, than mine now. I was going to say this uh, beard here. <laughs> that proves nothing. Yeah. Whatever. You're right. You I, can't I, use I, that. All right. I could be Ukrainian. You're we're, right. We're taking well, we'll, we'll be back. Tim, Stephanie, Lauren, and... Caitlin Moniz, coming up uh, with more Spooky South Coast in just a moment. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg, along with Stephanie Matt. And Lauren, and uh, we thank DJ4AM for the bumper music there. And, and now that we, we're on a new show clock here on Spooky South Coast, kind of break down that fourth wall a little bit, but we, we will have more commercial breaks sprinkled into the show. Uh, you will not hear those commercial breaks when listening to the podcast later on or when listening to it, uh, the rebroadcast on the Dark Matter Radio Network, but when watching on Spooky TV live on Saturday nights or when listening here on the air, we got to pay the bills, right? Of course. So we'll, we'll have some more spots here, and with that means we need some more bumper music. And because of our podcast format and the fact that we are a podcast 
across the entire world, a lot of these other countries don't allow us to use licensed music for bumpers. So, like, I know that we have a big problem every time we put up a YouTube video with Germany. <laughs> Germany, I don't know what your problem is, but get over yourself, okay? <laughs> but Germany has an issue with some of the videos that we put up. Really? Because they have licensed music in them. Oh, so sense. we've decided to use unlicensed music as bumpers and use that as a chance to feature, you know, emerging artists who wouldn't be getting airtime anyway. So if you are somebody who has some music you'd like to donate, and you get the vibe of the show. You know what Spooky South Coast is all about. So, you know, we're not looking for a tender love ballad. Yeah, we want something about, spooky. Yeah, not something yeah. you wrote about your dog. You know, not something about... No, no, no dogs. No, no. Something like Maliki Manor out in California, that kind of music. It's... Do you guys even know what Maliki I have no is? idea. We are so not cool here. So. <laughs> I'm not either. So it's, a, it's, a, it's a haunted house that they like make you go through, and they don't let you get out of it. And they, you have to play along with it. Right? Like what, they have to play along with it. It's pretty cool. There's, I know that there's, there's one out in the Hollywood area that, you know, all these horror movies that are coming out now that are produ- they're all produced by the same guy, Jason Blum. And he has Blumhouse Productions. And... He actually invested a lot of money in building a haunted house attraction in the L.A. area. And they say that it's like, it's scarier than anything that's I in think any that's, of his movies. Um, I think that's the one that is Maliki Manor. Is I that the one surprised. that they have like the YouTube videos about? Yes. That like people are horrified. Like, yeah, and they're like, they, they like throw up and stuff. It's yeah. pretty, <laughs> it's pretty crazy what they go through. And like some people actually have to stop and like they don't make it through. I wonder what their liability insurance is. I wonder too. <laughs> people heart attacks. I think it's more about, you know, see, if I was ever going to, if there was ever any place that was really that bad, you know, like we have some around here and, and they're pretty scary, but they're not like outright terrifying. Oh, no. no so exactly. if, I was, if I was ever looking for a good business venture, I would just have a place selling pants. Right next door to one of those places. Pants and, and drawers, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, I need some new drawers here after going to that place. For after. There's there's a lot of ideas that I come up with, and I'm like, oh, that'd be a good idea, and then I never carry through with it. Because would you want to be the guy, really, though, that just sells pants? Yeah, the underpants guy. Yeah, that's fine. You can call it underpants. <laughs> no, I would come up with a catchy title. I'm sure you could come up with one, but that would be hysterical. I think you should go for it. Not Just maybe not something uh, that I can say on the air. Probably not, no. So tonight with the program, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about the role of women in the paranormal. And and I almost feel like that subject matter is sexist in general. Yep. Because why do we have to even discuss that? Why do, You know, we don't talk about, we're not sitting here being like, uh, hey, Moniz, let's talk about women in chemistry. You know, we've kind of moved on from that in terms of, you know, like, what, 50, 60 years ago. Madam Curie still wrong. Well, yeah, but that was, I mean, even then she was still kind of an outlier for a long time. And it wasn't until, you know, women's liberation where you started to see a lot of women being in the laboratory, working alongside the men. I know you're not that old, but you know what I mean. Close, yeah. But And, and the same thing for the paranormal. You would think, I mean, I'll be honest with you, in my dealings with people in the community, if you asked me, I would tell you that it's probably a predominantly female community. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't agree at all. I mean, I don't really see any problems with female and the paranormal. Maybe I'm oblivious to it, but I'm pretty deep into it. And I don't have problems. I mean, I don't think a lot of people do. Everybody kind of does their own thing. They do their own private investigations. I think the only time that it is 
unbalanced or females believe it's unbalanced is when it comes to nationally syndicated television shows. Right. And then, I was going to say the media is where it really seems right. to be dominant. Where, you know, there, well, I've, one of the complaints that I've heard is there's a relatively select few paranormal radio programs that are broadcast like we are over terrestrial radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though we're also on the internet, you know, we, we, we originate on a terrestrial station here at WBSM. Mm-hmm. And, when you look at some of the few paranormal shows that actually do, ourselves, Darkness Radio, you know, they look at it as it's 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 a male dominated show. Yep. That has brought in female elements. Mm-hmm. But that it's you know, it's just I mean we've always kind of been guy radio to some degree. Okay. In the way that we talk about subject matter. And I would say that that's kind of indicative of a lot of talk radio. Mm-hmm. In general, outside of like, you know, your morning talk shows where you have, there's always, you know, they always seem to be bringing in female presence for that and female co-hosts for that. Right. But beyond that, you don't see a lot of strong female voices on the national talk radio scene. So the paranormal is really no different in that regard. I think the difference is, and this is something that I, I it, it's kind of in the makeup of the difference between men and women. I think the men are more opportunists. And I think the men are more forceful in getting themselves out there. Whereas the women, at least the ones that I deal with for the most part, they seem more ingrained in the work. There are the select few that you can tell, like, okay, this group is in this to become famous. Right. But it seems like, you know, I know more men that are out there trying to film a pilot and more women that are out there just trying to help people. And I don't know if it's the nurturing nature of, of, of females in general, or maybe it's just a particular, you know, group of jerk-off guys that I'm dealing with and group of pain-in-the-butt girls that mm-hmm. I'm dealing with. You know, like, maybe it's just that maybe it's just that cross-section of who's in the paranormal. I don't know. Well, I'm looking at it in a historical nature. There have been far more women in past history dealing with paranormal things than men. Starting with, like, I'll give you a good example, the Oracle of Delphi and stuff like that. That was a person channeling spirits and the various gods and things like that. Because I think that... What about Lizzie Borden? Well, she she kind of worked her way in that. Well, depends on what you believe, but she kind of worked her way into that. She chose that. Uh, But when you think about it, it's... It's almost more of the the female makeup and the female personality to be more spiritually connected, whereas well, the male the, macho. I think the difference is just the the feminine feminine part in the motherly, you know, maternal part that they have. Like you wouldn't expect a guy to to be that way. So it could have a different result as far as where you are, what you're dealing with. You just have a different makeup. It's just, I mean, it's there for a reason. And I think that. You know, you want to have a blend of that. I find it very right. interesting. We, we're going to be talking. We could take a break in about two seconds. But we have an all-female group that's joining us tonight. And I love to see the different dynamics at play when it comes to teams that are out there in the field investigating. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you send in a team of all women, and you get spectacular results. And then a group of all men will go in there, and nothing. Or right. sometimes you'll have, you know, a mix. Like, we've been on investigations where we've had to bring in women because we weren't getting anything. The, the Quickishan Club is a perfect example. Yeah. You know, that was a place where, because of the nature of the history, the, the supposed belief that there were prostitutes kept there on the third floor, right. they were scared of us, if that's the case, because they weren't interacting with us. Well, I went on 
a quick, um, before we go, I went on an investigation with Moniz and we went to a third floor of a place and I had a spirit of a woman that kept hiding from me and it took a man speaking to her in a way that she would have understood back then for her to communicate with me. Hmm. So you never know what can happen. It can be a vice versa type of thing, you know, right. whatever is normal for our to, society right. in our time. You have to think back to the time that they come from and deal with how they were used to doing it. Well, coming up in just a bit, we will be joined by the women of Girls of the Dark, and we invite you to follow along with them on Twitter, at Girls of the Dark, and follow us as well, at SpookySC, and you can talk about the show during the program using the hashtag SpookyLive. We'll be right back with more Spooky South Coast in a moment, here on the new 1420 WPSM. South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with Stephanie Burke and Matt Moniz, and our guest tonight in the studio, Lauren, who may be getting more actively involved in the show, right? Yes, I am. That's the idea. If you like it, if we don't scare you by the end of the day. Oh, no, you won't scare me. (laughs) I'm taking that as a challenge. And now we are joined now on the line by two of the ladies from Girls of the Dark, because I'm having a problem uh, connecting here with the third person, on the phones. So, uh, but we do have joining us on the line. Uh, we have Wendy and we have Anissa of Girls of the Dark. And uh, I know that you are taking time out tonight to join us while you're on an investigation. Uh, and I'm going to bring on Deanna here now. Uh, so thank you, ladies, for taking time out tonight to join us uh, while you're on an investigation. Uh, le- Wendy, let everybody know where you are tonight. Um, um, I'm Wendy from Girls of the Dark. Um what else do you want me to say? <laughs> uh, where, where exactly are you guys investigating tonight? Uh, we are at the old CTV building in Hartford City, Indiana. And this is a, is this your first time there? Have you been there before? Um, yes, this is our very first time being here. Now, that's pretty interesting because, you know, when you have the the chance to investigate a place and it's your first time, you know, you're kind of going into it blind, not knowing what to expect. Do you frequently go back to a lot of the same places that you've investigated, or do you try to uh, find new places uh, each time you go out? I think Um, we do it both ways. It depends on the activity. So if they feel the need to have you come back more, or if you feel the need to go back more because of what you've had happen. Exactly. And, uh, and Anissa, what are some of the stories that you've heard about this place that you're at tonight? Well, actually, we didn't have a whole lot of history before we came here. We've been to Hartford City before at the jail, and the same guy rented this building out. And he was talking to us a little bit about that tonight. Um, he said there's just been several people that's come in. Um, he's actually gave a personal encounter where he's actually been tugged on and pulled while walking in one of the rooms. And gave us some other um, examples of people, some very good EVPs, and being touched. But we haven't actually got to start our investigation tonight, so we're very excited to see what kind of experiences we get. Well, we'll I- to hear what happens before we get here, but sometimes it's nice not to know a whole lot. That way, you're kind of you have a fresh start, and you're not trying to anticipate something that you hear everyone else get. So, and I will. We're like, don't tell us any names. <laughs> I will apologize because I'll probably ask you some of the same questions that I asked you during your Periscope uh, broadcast earlier today. Uh, but, uh, you know, this 
we're, we're talking to to the spooky South Coast audience here who might not have tuned in. And so the question I'll ask you, uh, Deanna, how long have you guys been together uh, as a group, and, and how did it come about? Um, we've been together since 2013, and um, we all work together, and we were sitting and talking and kind of realized that we all liked ghost adventures and paranormal and so we decided to go on an investigation and after the first time we were all hooked so when you went on the first investigation was that something somebody else was doing or did you decide to go out and do it on your own um we actually did that one on our own black moon manor was the first place that we had gone to and we knew that ghost adventures had gone there and it was in Greenfield, which is like 30 minutes from us. So we thought, how cool would that be to go to the same location they'd filmed at? And so we just went with barely any equipment, not really knowing what we were doing. <laughs> and we loved it. Well, I mean, that's usually how most people start. I mean, normally when you get into it, even if you've uh, spent a great amount of time, as, as people should, you know, researching first, reading, and, and learning uh, at the feet of others, the first time you go out there, you, you never know what's going to happen and what's going to expect. And, and for you guys, you know, Wendy, it was probably the chemistry amongst the three of you that was probably your strongest asset going in. Absolutely, I agree. Well, and, and you said that you, you work together, and, uh, and, and why don't you let everybody know what it is uh, that you do, Wendy? Um, Anita and I are um, both ER nurses, and Deanna is um, our x-ray tech there at the hospital we work at. We also have another team member which is able to investigate with us tonight. Her name's Lisa, and she is actually our clerk there in the ER. So um, we all kind of work in that Built to where we deal with a lot of tragedy and um, death, unfortunately. And so I think it makes us a little bit more curious about the other side just because of that reason. Well, and I mentioned during, during the Periscope broadcast that, you know, there's certain just a certain makeup of people that are able to do what you do and that that can have an effect on, on those who are around you. And I said that I would bring this up to Stephanie, who is a spirit medium and, and, and a psychic, and she has these abilities, which she utilizes on investigations uh, and, and can make those connections. And, and one of the questions that came up in the, in the Periscope, Stephanie, was whether or not you know these spirits of those who are passing on under their care mm-hmm. are still around them. And, and you doing what you do, Steph, how often would you think that that would be likely that they'd still be kind of hovering around the, the ladies? Um, first thing that comes to mind, and it's from my own personal experience. Um, Tim, I don't even know if you know that, but my mom has been a nurse for 20 years. Um, the majority of the time that she was a nurse, um, pretty much almost the entire time, she took care of a lot of end-stage cancer patients, so it was constant death. And... Um, Anytime I've done anything with her or had, you know, like a table tipping session or like any time of, you know, if she was around and I was doing any type of reading, she constantly had different patients coming through to thank her for the, you know, the time that she spent with them to bring up, you know, specific memories that they had together. And I mean, she, she cherished a lot of them because they were long-term care patients and, you know, up until their death. Um, 
So it's always happened. I've always given her the validation. She's always known exactly which patient it was. So I absolutely do believe that. On top of that, I did work in the EMS field for a very long time. And I would talk to a lot of my paramedics about different scenarios that they had gone through, you know, with people that may not have made it. Um, or they may have kept alive up until the hospital. And I would give them messages all the time of the people, you know, like, thank you, thank you for doing this. And they knew exactly what patient it was. So I 100% do believe that they are with them for, you know, just to kind of, it's quick. They just come in. They just want to thank you for the care that you, you have given them and that they received. And um, just kind of give those little tidbits of, like, hey, this is who I am in case you forgot. And then they're on their way. And, and Anissa, I'll ask you, I mean, does that comfort you when you're going into an investigation to know that some of the people that you cared for, they might still be looking out for you and, and maybe even giving you a protective eye, at least for a little while while you're out on these investigations? Absolutely. Um, one thing about the ER, you know, it's not long-time care with our patients. We, you know, you have a lot of repeat patients that are just chronically sick that come in, so it's not like they're an inpatient for a long time but you get to know those patients that come in and then you'll hear that they pass or they'll come in and finally it's the last visit to the ER. So I think, I mean, that brings me a lot of comfort to know that just because they passed on, you know, they still recognize and appreciate the care that they got while they were here with us. And, of course, I've had family members I've lost and I've cared for, um, like my grandmother, and I've always just felt like they've never really left me, I guess. So this is, you know, this is something that you're facing on a daily basis, that you're seeing people who are coming in that, you know, they, even if they don't pass away in the ER, uh, and I'm sure that you, you hope that that's few and far between when it does happen, you're seeing people sometimes that are undergoing chronic illness that may not make it too much longer, and you're surrounded right. by that. It, when you go out into the field, uh, and I'll ask Deanna this, when you're out in the field, do you feel like some of the... Uh, hauntings that you're encountering are you getting similar suffering from some of these spirits are you are you making connections with people who might be similar to the type of patients that you're seeing yeah i i do feel that way i feel like sometimes you feel easy when you're in a place and sometimes you feel really heavy like i felt bad before when i've been in somewhere and you just wonder like what happened to that person or if you know there's a tragedy or, you know, somebody died and you feel that heaviness, you're wondering if that's what they're feeling, if you're feeling what they're feeling and you're connecting with them. So I do feel that quite often. Well, one of the things that you've you mentioned on, on Periscope is that you are uh, hoping hoping to get into a hospital to investigate. You haven't had that opportunity yet. And the first thing that pops into my mind is that, you know, that it might be, emotionally overwhelming for you to actually go out and investigate a hospital and to be surrounded by all of that, especially, you know, like just looking at some of the hospitals that we looked at for the for the Ghost Dockers program, you know, there's so many of them that have, uh, sure, there's the happy history, you know, a lot of babies are born there, a lot of people, their lives are changed for the for the better in a hospital, but there's still a lot of people who that's the, the final place for them, whether it be within those walls or just on the way to their final destination. Uh, and I, I, I would worry that that might actually be too overwhelming for you guys. Wendy, do you do anything to protect yourselves or, or, or to kind of, uh, you know, keep your spirits up, no pun intended, when you're on an investigation? Um, we, not always. Um, there are a lot of times that we do pray um, before we go in, you know, to, to, to take care of us, not, you know, not to encounter anything um, that would harm us in any way. 
Um, there are times that we do sage, but we don't use that very often. It's mainly prayers for us. Well, we, we do have to take a quick break, uh, our final break of this hour. When we come back, we will talk more with the ladies of Girls of the Dark. You can follow them on Twitter, at Girls of the Dark. And, of course, if you follow us on Spooky South Coast Twitter, at SpookySC, where you talk about the show using the hashtag SpookyLive, we can relate your questions to the ladies as well. So we'll be back in just a real quick minute here on the new 1420 WBSM. It's Spooky South Coast. It's Saturday night. <laughs> Welcome back to Spooky South Coast in Weisberg, along with Stephanie Burke, Matt Moniz, and our special guest tonight. Well, actually, probably going forward, Lauren, as well. And we were talking with the ladies of Girls of the Dark, and I figured I'd play a little creepy track there for you to get you ladies in the mood for your investigation that you have coming up. If that didn't freak you out enough, I could probably try and freak you out a little bit more before the investigation really starts. Okay. Well, we were talking, we think what we'll do is we're just going to keep you for like the next uh, 10 minutes or so until we go to our, our news break, and then we'll let you guys get to it, uh, because I know that you've got some, some of your, your fans are waiting to see you actually periscoping from the investigation itself, so uh, we won't keep you too much longer, but uh, I do want to talk with you a little bit more about uh, some of the ideas that we were throwing around, and before we, we uh, connected with you, we were talking about the role of women in the paranormal, and I'll ask each each one of you what you feel the role is of women, how they're being portrayed in the paranormal community as a whole, and then in comparison with that, you know, paranormal media such as the television shows. You know, Wendy, how do you see the actual groups that are out there, the investigators that are, are out there, uh, in terms of the female presence? Um, like, how do I view them personally? Is that what you're asking? I'm sorry. Yes. Which one do you think are just a bunch of bitches? Please say them by name. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. But wh- He's how do not you? Kidding. <laughs> how do you see? Uh, how do you see the the role of women being utilized though with paranormal groups that are out there? Do you see them as being treated as as equals? Do you see them as being treated as kind of uh, you know as as the ghost bait while some of the men are the more dominating forces on a on a team? Um, personally, I have not seen, I, I see it as more of an equal thing, um, in, where we investigate anyways, um, but I, I hate that they haven't had anything on TV as far as females yet, because I think that would be really awesome to see, um, the things that women can do. I do feel that, um, you know, I think everybody can get activity if they're, you know, you know, wanting it, you know, but... I think that women are a little bit more sensitive in the sense that we might be more um, easily, um, more people might want to communicate with us more because we're not as intimidating, um, especially when it comes to children and other women. If a man's trying to talk to them, they might be a little more, more shy mm-hmm. with talking to women in a sense, but that's kind of my take on it. Well, Anissa, do you feel like there could be more of a, a female presence in some of the television shows that we see, and, and do you feel like that would kind of change the dynamic of what they're finding on investigations? Um, absolutely. Um, nothing against the male investigators, but um, you don't see too many just all-women groups out there. Sometimes, even if you have it mixed up, I feel like um, not always, but you could the, having a male present could be more um, intimidating and dominating. And just having the female group, um, I feel like, to maybe open up 
other avenues that maybe having a man, a man there would maybe keep someone from coming through. Um, you know, just depending on where you are and and what kind of spirit you may come across. But I definitely feel like it kind of gives the women an edge. Um, and like Wendy kind of said, I mean, we're all mothers. We all have children. Um, us kind of working all in the medical field, it kind of gives us all that closeness that we kind of all relate with one another as a group. We're very close, and we kind of know each other's thoughts. So it just flows so well when we're doing an investigation. Um, we're so like we're just a family and we kind of know what to expect from one another. We have 100% trust in one another. And it's just, I think it makes it really, I just think that gives us that edge when we're doing our investigations. Not that we have, we've investigated with men before and we've, you know, we've had good turnouts from that. But there's, it's still, something's different about it when it's just us females. We've had people not want to leave us alone before where they've never had all female groups in a location and it makes them a little nervous. We spend the night in every location we go to where they're all night by ourselves and um, knock on wood, we've not had any problems so far and we continue to keep doing that. Well, uh, and Dan, do you feel like maybe sometimes though you are at a disadvantage of, of just having uh, solely women in the group? Do you feel like sometimes you're missing part of that male dynamic? I don't think so. I mean, I think we're all pretty pretty good at handling everything and, you know, well, don't these questions kind of bother you, though, to some degree? Like, you know, you gotta... It does. I mean, I, I just, I think that there's really no difference between a man coming in here and investigating and a woman. Right. you got a jerk I mean, like I me asking you questions about what's it like to right. be on an all-female team, when I would never say to a bunch of guys that would have no females in the team, you know, what's it like to be a bunch of men all investigating together and having no female presence. And it, it just... Yeah, it, we get that question a lot. It doesn't make sense, but we have to ask it. Yeah, yeah, we get that a lot, and I think it just makes it to where we're more determined to make sure that everybody knows that we can do this and we don't need a man to help us do this, that we can do it on our own, and just prove everybody wrong thinking that we can't do it on our own. Well, I've been uh, fortunate enough over the years now, with the 10 years that we've been doing this show, uh, to talk to a number of, of female groups, and especially a number of all-female groups. We have one, uh, Paranormal Expeditions, is here in Massachusetts. Uh, we've had the chance to investigate with them. There's numerous other teams in the area that are, you know, majority of them are female, if not exclusively female. And I can tell you that everybody asks me that same question, though. Why is it that there are so many women in the field, so many women that are investigating, but there's no television show that's just about women investigating? And I can tell you that it's not for lack of trying. The people that are in the paranormal side of television production, the people who know and, and have their their fingers in the paranormal world, have put this idea forward. But there's just something about it where the networks don't want to have it. And I think part of it is, in the paranormal, we see women getting along. And that's what makes the teamwork, like what you guys do, so great. But then when you watch a television show, what are the popular television shows about women with all women casts? Shows where they don't get along, and they're at each other's throats, like Bad Girls Club and Real Housewives and that kind of stuff. I love those shows. Right. So, the, I mean, that's the, the difference maybe here. Maybe we need to start fighting more. Well, that might help, maybe, yeah. Maybe they'll put us on there if we say we don't get along and we are bitchy with each other. One of you needs a great catchphrase like, bye, Felicia, and you need to, like, tear each other's hair out and, you know, all that kind of stuff. That might actually do it. But, I mean, that's the sad state of how it is, and that goes it even is. beyond the paranormal. That just goes beyond how women are portrayed in television, but... 
Uh, I will well, say. Hopefully that'll change. <laughs> well, and I know that you guys have a lot of videos. We have about a minute left before we have to let you go, but let everybody know how they can see some of your videos on YouTube. We're under Girls of the Dark. You have to actually go to the um, our channel on YouTube, and it's Girls of the Dark. And we would appreciate any viewers that are listening in to subscribe to our channel and view all the videos that we put out. We're trying to get at least two out every month, hopefully a little more than that sometimes. And we just like to remind everyone we're still learning as we go, and hopefully everything will, our videos will improve and get better as we go along as well. All right. Well, thank you, ladies, for joining us. We'll let you get back to the actual work instead of uh, wasting time answering my dumb questions about having to be women in the field together. And I promise someday we will all be smartened up in the paranormal world, and we won't have to ask stupid questions like that anymore. Oh, that's okay. We appreciate you letting us be on this show. It's been a lot of fun. And we'll have you guys back sometime for a whole show when you know on a night when you're not investigating, and we can delve even a little bit more in depth into some of these topics. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much. All right. Thank you, guys, and stay safe out there. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. That is Bye. Deanna and Anissa and Wendy of Girls of the Dark, and we thank them for joining us. And, again, follow along with them on Twitter, at Girls of the Dark, or on the Girls of the Dark YouTube channel. Uh, that's uh, another way that you can find out more about them as well. We're going to take a break for the news coming up. When we come back on the other side, well, we can discuss a variety more topics of women in the paranormal, and uh, we can discuss numerous other things as well. So we'll do all of that coming up and more. Stay tuned. It's Spooky South Coast. Welcome back. Hour number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here. I feel like I came in on the wrong beat there with the music. Like I came in a little off. early. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm very cognizant of where I come in sometimes on some of the music. Tim Weisberg here, by the way, along with Stephanie Burke, Matt Moniz, and Lauren. And Lauren, I should ask you your last name. I'm Lauren Allison. All right. That'll be easy to remember. It is. And, uh, Two already, first names. I already forgot. And, <laughs> That's okay. But I, you know, I try to pride myself to some degree on like hitting the marks because I have like kind of a natural timing thing. Well, it's been ten years. Going no, no, I've, kind of from day one, I was like always hitting those, you know, like the illegal ID that fires off yep. automatically, and then hitting that, you know, kind of right on the mark. And I, I really hate myself when I miss it, but uh, I try to come in kind of on the beat of the music when I'm playing music, especially in the morning when I do I do the Saturday morning shift here too. And in that, you know, I'm playing music off YouTube, and that's what I'm coming in on. And I try to find, like, the right thing, because otherwise, the feel kind of screws you up when you start talking. Right. If you don't hit it. So I'm just going to play for you right now the Saturday morning opening. Okay. All right. So this is really going to confuse anybody that just tuned in. But here, here's, like, the Saturday morning opening. Here we go. The new 1420 WBSM presents Saturday morning. So this Tim is my requested YouTube that I asked for. New Bedford's Week in Review, Casual Conversation, and yeah. Tim's latest online voice guy tells you what's going on. This is a combination of the the number to call in coming up. Air, call 508-996-0500. Now, here's Tim Weisberg on the new 1420 WBSM. And I have to kind of let this go for a little bit before I come in. Right. Like, I can't come in right there because I feel weird. So it's like, and then when it goes to that, that's when I'll come in. And, it's you pretty know, fancy. Yeah. I mean, I like they, it. they did a great job of, uh, of producing it. But, you know, like, and in, in, in if I don't come in in the right spot there, it's almost like I'm like, uh, 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 me talking on radio? No. 
I would be really. You kind of look like that guy over there. <laughs> no, that's I look like that. Anyway. I would be like really if I had a jingle like that for you know a radio station. I would be like super like really like excited about the, it. The one thing that I always <laughs> wanted when I was younger and I had dreams of being in radio is I always wanted to have like one of those things where it's like a bunch of people kind of singing your name. Okay, a jingle. Like, Tim Weisberg. Yeah. You know, like one of like, those. Like Giovanni and Kim in the morning. Remember that? We used to have, you know, uh, here we would have like sing-songy little ones for people. Uh, and and I, 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 I give it to you, but it's he who shall not be named anymore. Oh, yeah. But, uh, the, <laughs> but the, you know, we would kind of have the little sing-songy names. And, on you know, I can say Oldies 103 because it's now not a station anymore. Oh, really? But on Oldies 103, they always had, no, it went over to, like, adult, I don't, like, I don't dance know music and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, when that station was up and running, they always had that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they always had that kind of, like, Jay Gordon, like, people saying that. And so I always <laughs> thought, like, I would really make it in radio when I had somebody singing my name. Okay. Yeah, that is when you'd finally really make it in life is when somebody sings your name. But until then, I'll just Do have to go with... you want to come in on Saturday mornings, or you can just call me on Saturday mornings, and I'll just sing your name for Saturday you? Saturday mornings might be changing we'll be like, a little bit. Well, Tim! That's, see? That, see, that's pretty fancy. That's probably beyond what I wanted. But we can do that for the church lady segment at 6.45. Okay, we can do that. Do you really have a church lady segment? You don't listen to the show? I'm not awake at that time. At 6 6 45 every Saturday, we have the church lady. She tries to sleep in. She's a local reverend who has been doing this segment for a lot longer than I've been on the radio. Okay. And she comes on every week, and as I say, each and every Saturday, she gives us all the goings on, the local South Coast worship scene. Okay. So, and she comes out and gives us a full report. And, and usually there's some pretty interesting, like, historical information and, and some, uh, some interesting tidbits that she shares about local community stuff. And then she gives the announcements of all the different things that are happening in the churches for the next week. So it's, it's the highest rated segment of Saturday mornings. Really? Yes. People love the church lady segment. And uh, it gets a lot of attention. This is very interesting. From the church-going community. I didn't even know this existed. I had no idea. So every Saturday, before we get into that segment, I play a hymn. Perfect. As the bumper music. So And, and we kind of play Name That Hymn because the church lady is amazing with her encyclopedic knowledge of hymns. Who wrote them, who, made the, who wrote the lyrics, who wow. wrote the music, uh, what different type of songs can be put to the same music. She, she knows all of it. And uh, and I, I think I've only stumped her a few times here and there. And it's only because it's been, you know, it's basically the the instrumental equivalent of Mariah Carey or Whitney Houston singing a song with have to be like, whoa, 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 all over yep. it in the beginning. <laughs> so that's exactly what they sound like, too. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's perfect. But See that? Anyway, I can do that in eight octaves like Mariah Carey. I'm sure you can. But But that, you know, segment playing that music is like one of the few things that actually can screw me up is playing those hymns so did you get really screwed up with your getting back to our original debate was you came in on the wrong beat did you get really screwed up when we changed from the original spooky south coast song that we had for like years upon years upon years to that we were yes not crediting artists with yes I wasn't going to call you out, but I mean, if you had to go there. Um, so when you suddenly, for years and years and years, have this song and then you have to dump it and find a new one, did that really screw you up? Not really. I was kind of like hyper ready for it. Okay. You know, uh, I think what I think because I was involved in the process of making that into the bumper, mm-hmm. I was kind of um, already ingrained into it. 
if Matt Costa was still sitting in the seat, and which he's just not with us tonight, he took the night off. But if he was still sitting here producing it, and I just had to hear it cold, mm-hmm. yeah, it would have screwed me up. Okay. Because there's times when like I'll play, you know, you basically what happens is during the commercials. Break down that wall a little bit more for people. But it's interesting because we have Lauren here who's studying this stuff. So, you know, we're telling her how it works and practicality, which, you know, the theory and the stuff that you'll learn about, you'll find out goes down the crapper pretty fast when you come in here and, like, none of the buttons work. <laughs> it, like, it the, day that, the yes, day that I came in and I couldn't turn on the computer and I was like, I don't know what to do without that. You're like, I need the computer. I was, like, looking through closets for carts. I was like, there's going to be carts for all these spots somewhere. Like, no, nobody's played carts in 30 years. But uh, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I've always wanted to be on the radio, so it's cool that I get to be here tonight, actually. Well, you know, (laughs) get used to it. It, The newness will wear off pretty fast. But the, the, what were we talking about? The... Being, uh, yeah, being involved in it and, and having to come in cold. That that screws me up. So what I do is during the commercial breaks, I have the ability to put the YouTube, the computer, in queue. And I can hear it in my headphones. And I can kind of sync it up to where I want it to be. Okay. And I generally try to always do that before I play a song. Sometimes, though, I'm working on the fly. And I'll be like looking at my... Usually I go to like an 80s and 90s playlist on mm-hmm. YouTube. And that's what I'll run. And I'll see like a song and I'll be like, oh, I want to play this one. And I'll click on it and not realizing that the actual music video has like 45 minutes in front of it of like people trying to be actors, oh my God. like acting out <laughs> scenes. And, That's awkward. And like, oh. and then you can't click because you're already playing it on the air. So you can't click and you just have to kind of fudge your way through it. So that throws me off. Or when I go to play a video and it's either a live version, which mm-hmm. is just terrible yes. form to play a live version. <laughs> or my other favorite, it's been removed by YouTube. Yes. But I didn't know that till I clicked play. And then I'm like, oh, let me go to the next song. And then the next song is like, you know, Brian Ems, look into my eyes. No, why are you playing this? <laughs> You're like, okay, this does not doesn't make any that. sense. Oh, so, that's I'm waiting until you get Rick rolled. Yes. I, that's actually happened. I've actually had that happen. Can I suggest a song? Oombop by Hanson. Oh, I've played that many times. Well, I'm just saying because that's my favorite band, so. Hanson is? Yeah. You would have a lot in common with former Spooky you South Coast content that? director Chris Balzano. Uh, you no admit way. that? Chris I admit Balz- that, Balzano's yes. favorite song of all time is Mbop. No, that's not true. It is absolutely 100% Ask, call true. Call him right now. He's probably listening call to the him. show. Chris, call us And now. he can text us right now. Is it really? Yes. Mbop is his favorite song of all time. I believe... Mbop is amazing. I don't know if it's my ringtone when I call him or if it's his ringtone for when anybody calls him. Everybody calls him. But I know that when I called him, Mbop was his ringtone, so... I'm going to Facebook him right now. Go right ahead. I I guarantee you... Publicly. All right. We're going to shut her microphone off. (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens. You put somebody in front of... Look, my phone's going off. Is it? Oh, I thought it was going to be him texting and I being was, like, yeah. I was hoping. I'm going to put it on his wall that he loves Umbop. Tell him that you have a girl here that. I'm getting upsets. a text message. Okay, it's not from him. Steph knows that I've had a Hanson obsession since I was, you know, a kid. Seven. <laughs> well, to bring this back to the paranormal. Yes, yes. Which Sorry. I, don't, I don't know if we can. I can't even click right post on his wall. What? I'm getting mad. iPhone. <laughs> Android. Mm. You can't periscope. Yes, I can. <laughs> I just can't well. periscope here. Uh, the the uh, but you know bringing it back in, into the the paranormal discussion is we were talking about the women the role of women in the paranormal and and I'm I do have to feel like I have to apologize just do a restart at this point 
I feel like I have, I have to apologize, though, for asking those questions. Because as they're coming out of my mouth and I'm asking uh, the ladies those questions, I feel like I'm being sexist. I I can see where you feel that way or you may think that way, but you're really not because Mm-mm. it's a, like a fascination with people for some reason. I don't know why people tend to ask that question, but, I mean, you could turn it around and ask, what is it like to be an all-guy group? Or do you feel like you're missing an element of your group? Right, you but nobody like... thinks to ask those questions. Well, I mean, maybe I do because I'm nerdy, but... Um, I know, pl- like, you guys sat around and said, we're missing something from the show, and then said we need a female. So, obviously, it does cross your mind. Um, I've I've been out investigating with different men, and they've said, I can't do this case without a different type of perspective or a woman. And, I mean, I don't think it's a negative thing. But it, And, and we, we're going to take a break right here, but I want you to ponder this while we take the break. Okay. It's not just the paranormal that we do this in either. No, it's everyday life. It's there's so many other things that we say. What's it like to be an all-girl dirt bike team? You know, what's it like to be uh, an all-girl medical office with no male doctors? It is here? true, though. You know, like we it, it, that question comes up all the time, and it's 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 an unfair question, especially in a, a field, a community, a genre, a you know, uh, a, a method of interaction with other people where you would think being having that feminine perspective would be more beneficial. Uh, but we'll talk about all that and more coming up. We'll take your calls as well. 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. Be back with more here on Spooky South Coast on the new 1420 WBSM. South Coast, Tim Lysberg with you, along with science advisor Matt Moniz, Stephanie Burke, and Lauren, what? Allison. What? No, no, I'm just kidding. I really <laughs> Lauren Allison is with us as well, and uh, and we're still waiting for confirmation from Chris Balzano about his favorite song of all time. We are. All right. Listen, I'm going to listen. I'm going to actually talk Texas to him. Are you really? Yes. All right. I need to see this. Let's see. He texted me the other day. Go to this one. Right, I'm going to speak it. Hey, Chris, we're having a conversation on the air about music, period. What is your favorite song of all time? Question mark. And naturally, it's not coming through, am I? <laughs> oh, technology. I just had to tell Mark <clears throat> on a, a conversation on Chris Balzano's wall that we have the worst connection when it comes to... <coughs> Yeah, my my text went through, so it actually is going Did through. It? We gotta we gotta like install a sneeze button in here for her. I'm sorry, I have allergies. <laughs> allergies are horrible. Most most actual stations they have sneeze buttons. Do they really? So yeah, that kind of sounds funny. Wait, most that. radio stations really do? Yeah, a lot of them do. So you like, other ones that I've been into? Yeah, so well, press, they, they call them a cough button. So yeah. you press it and then you do it and they won't hear you. Yep. I mean, because we don't ha- we don't have those there because generally there's only one person here. So like, this is my cough button. So if I had to cough, I just like do what I had to do. I like that. But that was a really weird sound effect. But uh, 
Sorry. You know, other other places they have them like right in front of their, you know, because you know, it's a far distance away. So like I can see obviously if you needed to cough, you could be like, oh. but like other stations where they have like computers in the way and everything, they'll oh, be so like. Oh, so next time I'm gonna sneeze, I'll just go like this. Your phone's doing something. You can do that. All right, we got a text back from Chris Balzano. Where is it? Here we go. Ready? <laughs> he says roundabout, maybe. What? No, tell him it's Umbop. He's lying. <laughs> You have to tell us what you're writing back. I wrote, it's Mbop. <laughs> He's going to hate us. He was not shy about that. He was not shy about liking Mbop. It's on his Facebook wall. It's out going out to everyone in the world. So I have a challenge for everyone that's listening to this podcast right now and live. You have to go onto Spooky South Coast on social media, whether it's Twitter or whether it's Facebook or hashtag Spooky Live. Tell us where you're listening from and tell us that you heard the umbop thing but chris's favorite song is umbop chris's favorite song is umbop but you have to tell us where he you're wrote, listening from he wrote oh that's the greatest pop song of all time tell him i said lauren said amen uh, lauren lauren <laughs> i'm hosting a radio show right now i can't be in these text conversations with people. <laughs> i can barely handle pressing the buttons and, and talking correctly he should have just called us to tell us this I know. We should have called him. You would have seen the WBSM number coming in and been like, ignore. (laughs) Not talking to these guys tonight. But uh, getting back to what we were discussing before about, and and I keep bringing it right back to the discussion right before I have to take a break on our new show. Of course you are. But uh, with the idea of having to say, you know, women in the, Mm -hmm. women in this, women in that. Uh, One of the things that bothers me when we go on investigations, when we do Legend Trips events especially, is people will say to us, uh, well, you know, there's, I, I want to be in a group with, with all guys. Mm-hmm. Because they feel like they want to be protected. Right. Because they're not, you know, they're not paranormal investigators, some of them. So they're not people that are used to going out in force, you know, in a group, into an abandoned place, a dark place, and walking around and facing the unknown. They They feel like when they're doing that together... Uh, there's there's a strength in that. When you go with other women, Stephanie, yes. you feel like there's strength in you together as a unit. Um, yes, but I mean, I also had an all-girl group before it was even cool. Actually, <laughs> before, like, I mean, you mentioned Paranormal Expeditions. I had an all-girl group before they even existed. So, and that's probably like one of the more well-known ones around here, but I enjoyed it. Because I had everybody on the same wavelength as me. I had them all practicing the exact same things that I did. Um, because we all kind of had that similar um, mindset. So it does help when you have a similar mindset, whether you are a group of all men or an all group of women, doing and working toward the exact same goals. Um, so I do think that that helps. And it does create a power of mind and, you know, physical where you are what's going on but Moniz, you've seen this happen too like especially at legend trips events where there's people that aren't used to it and they look for the male presence to protect them in that is that something that has to do with them individually as people you feel like it's just their own beliefs and their own you know i feel protected if there's a guy around because i've seen people grab you in the dark and be like you're coming in here with me i'm not doing this on my own I've had some guys do that too. But that's oh, that's the point. Weird. No, the, I mean, well, no, no. Are, he's saying like they're they're just as terrified, right? You are Caitlin Manise, so oh, here we go. <laughs> that's gonna stick. 
Uh, <laughs> he started it. Hey, you've, only, you've, you've had the same nickname for 10 years. It's time to change things up. All right, but to answer your question, I think that happens because a lot of times women aren't, I'll say the word, allowed into some of these groups. So they'll entertain their offer to join and stuff like that, but they'll give some sort of BS reason why they can't. And I, I've watched you know, groups do this. I've seen women try to apply a quote unquote apply into their group, and for whatever reason, they turn them away. So well, that's how some of these all group all girl groups end up forming is because yeah. they they want they to run get into together that because glass they, ceiling, so to speak. Yeah, and and it's ridiculous because I just I would want my group if I was going to have a group, and obviously I never would because I never have in ten years, and I'm certainly not going to start now. I would obviously be the first person that you asked to be in a group. You would, be you would be the second person that I asked to be in my group. What? Yes. Who would be first? A rich person who can pay for everything. Pay for all the equipment. Hello, Bach, right? Yes. <laughs> can I be in the group too? I feel left out. Uh, it depends. How many billions say, do you have? You're going to dump me for Chris Jericho. No, I would not dump you for Chris Jericho. You would. That I can. All right, I would. You would. <laughs> He's your man crush Monday. He's my man crush every, every day. day. <laughs> I'm not shy about my love for Chris Jericho. That and that people know that. I used to write columns about him for the newspaper about. How you should have had him call in at least after his match. Listen, I, I put the, the whole wrestling world is the buzz tonight anyway because the, the Rock made a surprise appearance. Oh, really? In Boston tonight? Uh-oh. Yes. This was an untelevised event, which you know you don't usually see somebody like the Rock popping in because he's in Boston filming Central Intelligence. Right. You know he just popped in. But anyway, uh, the we will take a break here uh, coming up <laughs> in just a second. But the if I was going to form a group, I would want to have it be as diverse as it could be based on the pool of people that I had to draw from. You know, so I, I would look at people's and, and I don't mean diverse like, well I'm gonna have a Pakistani person and I'm gonna have I an Israeli you person. You know, like I'm not worried you want about all that. Talents and abilities to I really want cover everything. What I want more than anything is background. Yes. Like what is it that you do? What is mm-hmm. it that you have spent your life building toward? And how can we apply that? What interesting angle will that take? Right. Matt, when we first investigated the Ferring Tavern and you said that Sarah was coming along, I didn't know anything about Sarah, but what did you tell me about her? She is a psychologist. Yes, a trained psychologist. And that made me think, well, this is a whole new avenue now for the discussion. because, And, and I would turn to her that first night during the discussion and say, yeah. from a psychologist's point of view, is this happening or are we nuts? Are we making it happen? You know, And that's something that you can add into that. And I'd want to kind of cherry pick as many things as we can mm-hmm. do. So we're going to take a break. Okay. And when we come back on the other side of the break, Lauren, I know you're not that in-depth in the paranormal world, per se. I love paranormal stuff. But, but you're, not, you're not somebody that's, you're not interacting with these groups on a daily basis like yeah. we are. But I will still pose this question to you as well. During the break, I want everybody to think about it. And I want you to give me five, if that's not too many, five professions, Okay. walks of life, that you would like to incorporate into a paranormal group if you're going to have one. Mm-hmm. So five backgrounds, five career fields that you think you would want to have being applied to your paranormal group. And I'll ask everybody out there in the listening audience as well to think about the same thing. You can tweet it to us, at SpookySC, tweet it using the hashtag SpookyLive, or you can call in 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. But give me five 
careers, walks of life, backgrounds, whatever you want to call it, that you think you would want to have in your group to be able to apply their knowledge and skills to your investigations. We'll be back in just a moment with more here on Spooky South Coast on the new 1420 WBSM. minutes past the hour on Spooky South Coast. Got to start remembering to say that so when we go syndicated. Let's hope Let's hope that's coming soon. Everybody write to WBSM. Tell them you want to hear this syndicated on a station near you. Ten years is a long I time. I like it. It's, it's about time that we start branching out the Spooky brand. I would love it for me to be on the radio. That would be cool. Yes. I mean, we're technically on the radio right now, but everywhere else. Yeah. Nationally. Nationally. We are worldwide via podcast. And Stephanie, we ask all the time for people, as you mentioned earlier, tweet us. Yes. Let us know where it is in the world that you listen. Send us an email, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. Tweet us at spookysc. Let us know who you are, where you're listening from, and, and how you found the show and how you get it each week. Because that's just, it's fascinating to us. Lauren, our first show, 10 years ago, when we put it out, out to podcast, the first couple of people that I heard from, China, Japan, looking at some of the downloads on our podcast page, being down, uh, downloaded in Africa, wow. uh, in, in different parts of Asia and Europe. And I was like, I never really would have thought that this yeah, would have been... Yeah, that's crazy. We're that's big awesome. in Kazakhstan. We were, we were. For a while, we were really big in <laughs> Kazakhstan because we were the only podcast that you could download there. Well, you know but, who else is big in Kazakhstan? Yeah, we do. Are, are you going to make a, like, 10 years too late Borat joke right yes, now? Same. You're very nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, How do you Kazakhstan. Say Kazakhstan. Oh, Kazakhstan. How do you not say that if you're going to bring it up? I know, I'm right? I'm sorry, but the first thing that came to mind when he said Kazakhstan was Borat. Of course, right. <laughs> but the, uh, the, what I thought was really interesting about it was the fact that some of the most popular shows that we do are actually hyper-local. Uh, when we talk about some of the stories in this area, like when we do the Bridgewater Triangle show every year, or when we talk about the Lizzie Borden case, things that are specific to this area, they get the most downloads uh, across the globe. That's what it's people are true. really interested in. We could talk about, you know, ghost stories from around the world, and people are like, bah, whatever. But you talk about this area, they're like, yeah, let's hear more about the South Coast. So, But if we ever did get syndicated, the, the name would have to change. I like it. It would render all the T-shirts that are out there and bumper stickers collector's items. <laughs> for big money on eBay. Right. You, Just like Beanie Babies were, right? Yeah, pretty much. They are the Beanie Babies of paranormal collectibles, that's for sure. So the question that I'd asked is to name five walks of life, five career fields, five backgrounds that you would want to incorporate into a paranormal group if you were starting one today and you had your choice. And, you know, let's leave out, you know, billionaire. Yeah, obviously, he's like, oh, damn, now my list is four. But let's leave out you know, the idea of that you'd want somebody to kind of find. I'm talking just the skill set that they could bring to the investigation. Moniz, who would you want to have? First and foremost, I would like to have somebody in the religious field. And the reason being for um, identification of older types of, we'll call it, experiences because they're the ones that are uh, most knowledgeable historically about paranormal materials. Then the second one I would like to have would be some form of engineer and or 
somebody in the science field that understands, you know, building structures and other things of physic, physical nature, and somebody in the medical field, somebody that is able to interpret what's going on with a person physiologically, you know, and then after that, I would like to have somebody that is very well versed in audio and visual for recording everything. And then finally, the last one I would like to have would be myself. You know, the, you know. <laughs> Shameless plug. Well, no, but no. But I mean, yeah, no. I was going to say, I was going to ask you if you would be including a scientist in the group because you already well, are did, one. Right. So. But no, uh, being, that was just a wise guy remark. But I think one of the one of the last ones you you would probably want to have would would be your average person, somebody that works as a plumber or electrician or what have you, or you know, a gardener for you know, a lay person. Right. I mean, I mean, if you look at the Philip experiments uh, from the Toronto Society for Cyclical Research when they were trying to create. A ghost. Uh, one of the people that they brought in was a housewife. They tried to bring in somebody that didn't have anything mm-hmm. to do with with this topic. In, in this it's called a control. Well, in this case, though, I think it was more just to get a, a good cross section of humanity. You know, yeah. a good cross section of society. Uh, more than worrying about who was going to be, you know, not influencing in the creation of the spirit, but you know, just to kind of get somebody from everyday walks of life, which I think a lot of groups end up doing unintentionally. You know, they're not trying to get people from all walks of life. They just do. Uh, Lauren, how about yourself? Who would you want to have? Okay, so I wrote these down. (laughs) Um, First and foremost, a detective. Um, Obviously, because they are really great at finding things out. And I believe that's a top priority in the paranormal, uh, you know, uh, investigations that go on. You want to know you know, certain things or whatever, or mm-hmm. why things go on, or you want to find they, out. They kind of have that mentality to, right. to zero in on. You know, they they look for the narrative. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> the next I said was the demonologist, because I would be scared shitless on a paranormal <laughs> investigation. Well, and oh, Sorry. You'll really be scared that when you get the FCC bill. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, it's all right. It's our first day, folks. Um, yeah, I would be, like, really scared, though, to go, you know, out on a paranormal investigation, although I would love to go. I really, I would so want to go, but I would definitely want to take somebody like that with me, just in case. Um, then I said, like, a doctor or something. Um, obviously, maybe to understand, you know, um, Especially if you're going into like a hospital, like a broken down hospital or stuff or whatever, so that they can. Well, and the good thing is too, then you have somebody that's there if something happens. That's what I was, I was thinking about that as well. Which it happens. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Yes, yes it does. And then probably me with like having an anxiety attack. But okay. <laughs> um, I also said a psychologist because obviously maybe they can break down. Um, whatever that we're on the paranormal investigation for. They can kind of break down, you know, the reasons why things are happening or something. One of the things that I find interesting, though, about bringing a psychologist is, and and was that five? I don't want to cut you off. If you, Uh -uh. Okay. I had one more. Okay. I don't want to cut you off, so go ahead. Oh, okay. And um, I just said somebody for audio and visual, obviously, Um, someone that can tape and record and see what is going on, you know. With, with the psychologist, one of the things that I th- 
think that that one of the strong areas for that is in if you're dealing with private cases and interviewing the people that are involved, right, interviewing yep. the family. But one of the concerns I would have with bringing psychologists is it's got to be somebody that has kind of the right mindset toward it because I wouldn't want somebody that's going to come in there and immediately start writing off everything that's happening phenomena-wise <laughs> as being a collective psychosis, too. That is true. You have to watch out for that. They'll be like, you know what? I think you're not mentally stable. Uh, not so much even that, but like, <laughs> I don't want somebody like kind of explaining the way out of everything that happens because sometimes I think that when you're on an investigation, Stephanie, you and I talked about, have talked about this. Monique, you've seen this in your years in the field. But sometimes people are misconstruing what's happening. And that sometimes people are um, overhyped for what's going on, overhyped for the investigation, and they want something to be paranormal. So it might not be. But sometimes I feel like you have to kind of go with that a little bit because that's the gateway to getting them in the mindset for something else to happen. You'll see me do that sometimes on Legend Trips events. Instead of immediately debunking everything that people are experiencing, you know, I'll say, well, maybe, you know, that seems like a good idea. Possibly, you know, like I try to be encouraging while saying that I'm not 100% buying it because my theory is that you're in, you're encouraging them to feel that way. So then they're going to become more open to it. Self-fulfillment. You know, to some degree, I don't, I don't want to ever have somebody feel like, um, I don't ever want to have somebody say to me, it's got to come up and punch me in the face for me to believe it. But I also don't want anybody to walk in and be like, it's going to happen because I'm here. You know, so I, it's got to be kind of a balance of the two. It's got to be a balance of you're open enough to it, but it might not have to be the strongest experience ever for you to, to consider it to possibly be paranormal. That's kind of the way that I look at it. Stephanie, I'll give you a few more minutes to compile your list because I, I, I have to take a break. Okay, good. So, and I, it looks like you could use it. Kind of. All right, so we'll be back in just a moment with more Spooky South Coast on the new 1420 WBSM. Hi, welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Nine minutes until the end of the program. So Stephanie's time is running out to compile her list. All right. I'm going to try. All right. The five people, five fields, walks of life, however you want to put it, that you would want to have involved in your paranormal team if you were starting it today. Okay. So have you ever seen Stephen King's Rose Red? Uh, yes, but I don't remember much about it. But The I... woman that compiles the group of people? Yeah, I don't think I remember. Ugh. All right. Well, she's a parapsychologist. Okay. Um, she's a psychologist. She works at a university, but she's more into like the parapsychology of things. I think I would want someone like that on, on my group All right. um, because I feel like that's an interesting way of viewing things. Um, uh, have you read Da Vinci Code? Yes. Okay. Robert Langdon, the mm-hmm. character in the book, I'd want someone like him because he specializes in symbolism that dates back to forever um, so he has all that weird knowledge that we might need going into a place. Um, on that same note, maybe somebody that studies theology um, because they have all kinds of knowledge about all different walks of life, all different cultures, and all different religions. Um, law enforcement. Um, maybe someone law enforcement and forensics. 
because you never know what you're going to come across. Um, obviously, a psychology background, I already kind of covered that one. And I had one pop into my head that I, I kind of threw out the window because I can't remember things because I'm awesome. But um, a skeptic. I would want someone that isn't sure of anything to do with the paranormal, isn't really into the paranormal um, to go in because they don't know what to expect. They've never watched a show before. They've never experienced anything no, before. See, I, I hate that guy. Do you? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, well, I would just find it interesting. And um, someone with abilities, too, but not in-your-face abilities. Um, maybe even someone that's, like, sensitive and doesn't isn't out there as, like, a professional person with abilities. Um, because I feel like that adds a certain thing to uh, to what you're doing. Um there's, there's like a certain expectation already. Yes. It's like, oh, well, we have, you know, world famous exactly. medium here with us. So obviously we have to believe everything this person says. Um, and going along the lines of Rose Red, if anybody's seen it, hashtag a spooky life because you'll know what I'm talking about. But the, the fifth person or however many people were in that group was a girl with um, autism and, I mean, functional. But someone like that, I have investigated homes um, with people. We've talked about this on the year before, like mm-hmm. mental illnesses. Do they, um, that's not necessarily mental illness, but along the lines of like a change, um, does it affect um, connections to the other side? That kind of fascinates me too. Um, and I've had very many experiences with people that have been in that situation and have brought complete different life to an investigation or a problem that's going on in a household specifically one of the cases that i worked with andy um and that that was fascinating to me because this little boy was picking up information faster than i could so that kind of interests me all at the same time well what i like about this is that we got a good cross-section of ideas and those cross-sections of ideas are somewhat reflective of who you are and the way that you would approach an investigation. Right. You know, for example, Moniz is mentioning, you know, somebody who is an engineer and, and somebody who is, you know, uh, somebody who is well-versed in structural aspects of a building. Right. And he's looking at the, the physical side of things. Yes. You're looking at people that are connecting on the psychological and the emotional side of things. Yes. And I think that you kind of want to have a, a good mixture of all of those. I'd love to have somebody, if I had a group, I'd love to have uh, an inventor type that can come up with the different devices that you could use and the different bells and whistles that you could bring along with you for an investigation. But more so than that, I'd rather have somebody who is able to break those other devices that other people are using down and and explain to us whether or not right. we're being misled by the way that they work. You know, that I think would be would be pretty awesome to have on an investigation. And there there are people in the field that I turn to for things like that. You know, like I've been I don't mean to be a shill for the ghost arc, and I know that people have said that I kind of have been pushing it quite a bit, but I'm excited for the people that are out there doing this to be able to have one device that can do it all. Mm-hmm. Well, and I've said again and again, what I'm most excited about with the ghost arc is the fact that you can upload the the data that you've collected to their centralized database, and then it's going to organize it by location. So everybody that ever has gone to, say, Lizzie Borden's to investigate with a ghost arc, all of their data will be compiled together without them ever having to talk to one another. So we'll be able to see patterns and activity, which that is more important to me than whether or not, you know, the EMF mm-hmm. is spiking because the ghost box aspect of the device isn't shielded enough, so it's causing the EMF detector that's built in to go off. 
fine. But I'd much rather see correlation of data across the board. Yeah, uh, we call it scientific method. Yeah, that doesn't apply to paranormal stuff. What are you talking about? Don't bring science into this. But but that's something that I would like to have if I was going to have a group. I'd like to have somebody who is a psychologist because Mm -hmm. that gives you someone who can do the interview process a lot better. Right. Uh, and, and, And hopefully someone that has an idea... Maybe psychiatrist would be better because they actually handle the medications that are involved. Mm-hmm. So they would be more knowledgeable about the medications, what happens when you mix certain medications, what some of the side effects can be. Uh, death in some of those cases, actually. But uh, at well, least of course, in terms of some of, the, some of the things that we deal with could be the product of somebody mixing two medicines that they shouldn't be. I mean, we. one of the things that I used to carry around when we were doing more investigations and just events, one of the things I used to carry around with me was the big book of pills. I bought it at a yard sale for a dollar, and I would carry it with me because if somebody told me they're taking this and then they told me they're taking this, I see what happens that you can cross-reference and see what happens if they're taking both. So that's, you know. Physician's desk reference? uh, Well, this this one is called the big book of pills because you actually go, instead of having all the afflictions, you go through by the medications directly. It's what I found at a yard sale. It might not be the best choice, but it was at a yard sale for a dollar, so I took it. Uh, And and I don't know, to Moniz's point, I don't know if I would necessarily need to have a person of religious background for myself Mm -hmm. on investigation because I don't have it, but it would be interesting to have it for the people who you were investigating for. Because it would mean something to them. But then the big question comes about with how do you play to the beliefs of everybody? So in that regard, I think instead of going with an actual that can be you know, difficult. man of the cloth or... or I wasn't referencing necessarily... I'm Daria. Oh, hi, Daria. I would go with... I would go with a theolo- you know, somebody who has studied theology from an academic point of view. Mm-hmm. That's what I was referring to. I wasn't saying necessarily a priest or a rabbi. I said somebody of a religious background that understands religious history. A priest, a rabbi, and a paranormal investigator walk into a bar. Well, that's that, bar is, that bar is probably haunted. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for this week's show. We are actually just about well, out of most time. Most bars do contain spirits. That's true. Yeah, Both the thanks. kind you drink and the kind that uh, haunt the place. So we will we will say goodnight for tonight. But I will throw that question out there for everybody listening. Get back to us during the course of the week. Email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Uh, tweet us on Twitter at SpookySC. And let us know. Five professions, five walks of life you would want to have on your team if you were starting it from scratch. And, uh, and you know, hopefully nobody gets offended that's already in your group. Like, what, do you want me to go back to school now and become a, you know, a electrical engineer? Uh, UniversityPhoenix.com, I guess I have to know. So uh, just let us know. Again, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. We'll be back next Saturday night. It is the 4th of July. I know I'll be here. I'll be watching fireworks out the window. I don't know who else will be here with me, but there will be a show here for you, and uh, as well as on SpookySouthCoast.com, where you can reach us anytime during the course of the week. So for the end of tonight here, so for Matt, for Matt Coster, who wasn't with us, for Stephanie, and for Lauren, I'm Tim. We want you all to stay spooktacular.